The holiest day of the year is not Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. The truth to be told, the correct answer is Saturday is the holiest day of the year. Every Friday evening when the sun sets until Saturday night nightfall, it's considered Saturday otherwise in Hebrew known as Shabbat Kodesh. Not just Saturday, but Shabbat Kodesh, a holy day of Saturday. I would like to break it down to a level so that by the end of today's teaching, your taste buds will be tickled to want to learn more about it. So where did it all begin? In the book of Genesis, when God created the heavens and the world, it is very clearly written that God created the world in six days. On the sixth day, that's when Adam and Eve were created. Comes Friday evening, God declares that this day from now on is going to be consecrated. It will be a holy day. The seventh day of the week is Shabbat, is Saturday, is a day of rest. Right at the beginning of the Bible, right in the beginning of, of Genesis, after God creates the world in six days, He specifically declares that the seventh day is a day of rest. Not only is it a day of rest, but the words Vayikadshehu, that you will sanctify it. You would make it into a holy day, into a day that's different than any other day of the week. So how do we make Saturday holy? How do you take a day of the week and make it holy? Well, what does the word holy actually mean? It means to delineate to make separate, to divide that this day is going to be different than any other day of the week. Six days a week we work. Six days a week we toil, we sweat, and we do whatever we can to support our family and to make this world a better place, both materially, spiritually. But comes the seventh day, this is a day of rest. Now, what is the definition of rest? Well, rest doesn't necessarily mean that we just sit on a lounge chair for 24 hours and we just rest. The actual definition of resting for Saturday it's not talking about physical exertion of energy, but it's rather a state of mind and spiritually. That we're going to rest from our mundane weekday work. We're going to designate 24 hours from Friday sunset till Saturday night nightfall. That we're going to rest from everything that we do Sunday through Friday. This day of Saturday, from Friday night to Saturday, everything comes to a screeching halt. 
we're going to have a different priority. We're going to have different actions because we're going to consecrate this day as a holy day. And that's how you make Saturday holy. We dress differently. We eat different foods. Our conduct is different. Our conversations are different. Our relationships are different. Everything is in perspective, a whole different island, a capsule, a bubble that we go into. And that begins Friday night. So what does the Torah teach us about work? How do we define when God says not to work on Saturday? So our sages came together with a criteria. How do you define what is considered work on Saturday? And they came up with 39 actions that are called work. And they based that on the temple in Jerusalem. That any activity that is considered accomplishing work in the temple is considered work for Saturday, such as burning a fire. Igniting a fire is what was done in the temple. Well, that's considered accomplishing work. Planting, baking, cooking, sifting, writing, sewing. And there's 39 different categories, which is referred to as work. So in other words, a person could technically stand in the living room and lift 100 pound weights and break a huge sweat on Saturday. That really wouldn't be considered work from a religious perspective. But if someone takes a pen and writes the words, Daddy, that would be considered work. What's the difference? Well, lifting weights on Saturday is not one of the 39 prohibited works, but writing is. Even if you were to write letter A all day long, technically it would be a violation. But if you write A and D and you made a word, that's considered work. So we're not going to get into the minutiae of the do's and don'ts on Saturdays, but that that takes a lot of studying and education to understand the perspective. But rather, I want to share with you what it's like living every single week, taking one day from the hard week and turning it into a Shabbos day. What life is like. I personally think that perhaps the gift of Saturday to the world is most relevant in our generation in the 21st century more than ever before. The amount of distraction, the amount of obsession with technology, with social media, with news is so encompassing our life. That I think when God said, take a rest, take a break, I think I was so brilliant. Because we do need that now more than ever. We need to get unplugged 
for at least 25 hours from Friday night sunset to Saturday night. If you try it, you'll see what kind of relief it is on an emotional level, on a familiar level with your family, on a spiritual level. But it's not just what we shouldn't do on Saturday. But let me describe to you how Saturday happens every single weekend. If you could kind of conceptualize what it's like the day before Thanksgiving, um, preparing a meal, a feast for family and guests, what it's like. We have Thanksgiving every single Friday night. Beginning Wednesday already, we're shopping and thinking, what are we going to serve Friday night? Friday afternoon, we're all hustling and bustling in the kitchen, cooking the finest foods, preparing all the food ahead of time, because we, we don't cook on Saturday, so we cook everything ahead of time on Friday. Walking into a kitchen, smelling freshly baked bread, delicious kugel and chicken and meat and fish dishes and salads. Just the aura of it is so relaxing and so inspiring. Because all week long we're busy hustling and busting, we throw a dinner together, lunch together. This is going to be a feast. And everyone helps out in the house, the children, the spouses. And it becomes a whole family event. Comes Friday, about an hour before sunset. All the food is cooked. A beautiful tablecloth is set out on the table. The nicest candelabras are brought out. The finest china, silver goblets, the finest utensils are all laid out. The table looks majestically. It looks royal. The freshly baked challah loaf of breads are brought out, put under a beautiful cover. The finest wine is brought out, the nicest glasses, the Shabbat table is set. About 18 minutes before sunset, the woman of the house and her daughters approach the table. They light the candles with live fire and they place their hands over the face and they close their eyes and they meditate. They make a special connection to God. This is only women do. This is their thing, their moment to pray to God in a very special way. The woman of the house is a foundation of the house. They pray to God during the moments of the candle lit lighting. The gates of heaven are open. And the woman would meditate and think of how their week was and all the praise and blessings she wants for her spouse and children and grandchildren and family members and friends. She does her silent prayer. After she takes her hands away and she says the most beautiful words, Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. The day of rest has begun. The house, there's no longer any music playing. There's no more phone usages. All electronics are put on rest and set on autopilot. The lights go off and on by itself, the refrigerator doors, 
the, the freezer lights are turned off automatically. Everything is automated these days. The food is sitting on the stove, ready to be served. We go to temple for short service. We come back home. As soon as we come home, we sing a beautiful song, welcoming the angels who accompanies us to our home where the Sabbath is observed. And this is a song that's been sung for thousands of years. Shalom Aleichem Alachei Welcome the angels from God who is accompanying us. Welcome to our home, bless our home, as we are observing the Shabbos day. The wine is filled up to the cup. We lift up the cup of wine and we recite the same words from Genesis, sanctifying this beautiful day. We drink the wine, we pass it around to everybody. Then we go, we wash our hands, we cut the freshly baked bread, serve the fish, the chicken soup, the main course, the dessert. But during this meal, a lot more happens, not just eating the food, the disconnect from technology, the disconnect from the sounds of the clutter noise that haunts us all week long from the ringing of the phones, the text messages, the TV, the radio, and whatnot. It's total silence. It's just us. It's our human beings connecting with each other. The children line up. The father places his hand over their heads gives them the priestly blessing. The children sit around dressed in the most beautiful clothes, adorable. Children are encouraged to talk to each other. The siblings, some have a tradition that the children have to compliment their sibling, find something nice to say about them during the week. Thank you for helping me with my homework. Uh, just encouraging children to teach them how to complement each other. It's indescribable. The serenity, the pleasantness of a family sitting together around a table, dressed beautifully, eating fine foods, celebrating a moment that God told us to make this day a holy day to sanctify this day. This is a gift to the world from God. To have this concept to once a week on Friday night, to, to kind of almost like be forced to do it, but it's rather to be privileged to do this. To make the effort to unplug, disconnect from the mundane, and dive in to the Shabbos island, to the island of pleasantness, of serenity, of peace, love, and harmony. What this does for the family unit is more than anything else can do. What it does for the marriage of husband and wife to just be able to sit and talk to each other. And the husband will always thank their wife for a beautiful week, and there's a beautiful song from King Solomon, how the husband would sing to the wife how beautiful she is and how great she is and how much he appreciates her. 
imagine getting that every Friday night. And the wife reciprocates to the husband. And the children are watching this and seeing what a marriage is supposed to be like, what family life is all about. It's such a gift. I only wish people would understand and appreciate how beautiful it is to have a Friday night dinner. And not just once in a while, but every Friday night, it becomes a tradition in the family, a tradition that should not be broken. Because when you are consistent and sincere, your children would gain so much from it and you'll gain so much from it. After Saturday night, in the early winter days, when Saturday starts early, sunset is early, you have plenty of hours after the meal, we sit around, we play board games, we read books, we tell stories. Again, unplugged from technology, connected spiritually, humanly, and most beautifully. Saturday morning, we wake up, everything is automated. Hot water is in the kettle, delicious dessert, breakfast is ready, that's already been prepared from before the Sabbath, and then we go off to synagogue. At synagogue, we have a prayer service, we listen to the Torah reading, the rabbi gives a sermon, you get to meet your friends, your neighbors, your, your fellow congregants, and then afterwards, most synagogues there is a, a snack, a lunch afterwards, which again, you socialize, you get to connect, you get to meet. And all this without technology, like the good old days. You get to look in a person, you get to communicate eye to eye, heart to heart. And after we finish the prayer services, we come back home. And guess what? Another meal. <laughs> this is the Saturday lunch meal. Saturday lunch meal traditionally are foods that has been cooking for almost 24 hours, either in the oven or in a crock pot and a slow cooker. And you have some stews and cold cuts and different knishes. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful afternoon spent eating, drinking, laughing, singing, telling stories. For a whole day, you're just with each other. In communities where people live in the, near each other, they come to visit, people get invited over, you invite guests over. And then comes Saturday night. As nightfall begins Saturday night, this beautiful oasis, this beautiful island of Shabbos is coming to an end. Once again, we conclude it with a cup of wine some very delicious smelling um, spices and a fire. And the concept is, as we leave this holy day, we thank God for giving us the special Shabbat island. And then we light the fire to remind us the gift of fire was given to Adam on Saturday night. That was when the first time fire was struck. And therefore, we light a candle to remind us of the very first time fire was given to the world on Saturday night. And we smell the fine spices, such as cloves or other fine spices, so that the scent of spirituality, 
of Saturday should linger on to the weekdays. And after we finish saying the prayers, we put out the fire with a little bit of wine, we smell the spices, and we wish each other, may we all be blessed with a great week. So this is a sample of what the gift of Saturday is about. Many people are mistakenly, erroneously thinking that Saturday is such a restricted day, you can't drive, you can't go on the computer, you can't go on your iPhone, and you can't cook, you can't do yard work, you can't go shopping. There's so many, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. That's not, you're missing the whole point. That's not what Saturday is about. Saturday is about not what you shouldn't do, not what you can't do, rather what you need to do. The gift that God has given us to spend 24, 26 hours with our family, unplugged from technology, unplugged from the clutter of noise of electronics and distractions. But focus on your family. Focus on your soul. The word, when someone observes the Sabbath, is called Shomer Shabbat which means you are guarding the Sabbath. But the truth is, it's more the Sabbath is guarding you. When you make this commitment, and you actually live by this, by taking this 24-25 hour period and consecrating it to God, designating it as a holy day, it will protect you for the rest of the week. There's a beautiful story told in the Talmud about a rabbi. His name is Rabbi Ariel. And the reason why his name was Ariel, Ari means lion, El means God. It was an amazing story when years ago when he used to travel, people wouldn't travel alone through the forest as it was dangerous. It would be a caravan. So this rabbi joined the caravan, but tell them, I, I will join you on the condition that on Saturday, when, when the sun sets Friday evening, uh, you guys pause for a day because I cannot travel on a Saturday. So the leader of the caravan said, no, no problem. It's Sunday today. When we get to Saturday, Friday night, we'll be ready to take a rest. So he joined the caravan. Cam comes Friday towards sunset. He reaches out to the head of the caravan and says, uh, you remember our commitment? And the head of the caravan was not Jewish, not familiar with Saturday, reneged on his commitment and says, sorry, Rabbi, we just can't do it. Um, we have to get to our destination on time. The Rabbi said, in that case, um, when the sun is about to set, I wish you dropped me off here. And he says, in the wilderness, in the forest, that's dangerous. He says, I don't care. Uh, I will not travel on Saturday. Comes Friday evening and the sun is about to set and the caravan comes to a halt and the rabbi unloads all of his stuff and bids farewell to his fellow travelers and they go off in the far distance. Rabbi Ariel takes a mat, lies it out, takes out the little wine he had with him, some, some of the challah, some of the Shabbat food, his prayer book, and he dressed up in the Shabbat clothes out in the wilderness. Friday evening, as he's sanctifying the day, he hears the hoofbeats 
of some wild animal coming his way. And of course, he begins to fear and trepidation. And he sees this huge, ferocious lion, the king of the jungle, racing towards him. He did not know what to do. It is Saturday, and he figures, I'm sanctifying Saturday. I'm guarding the Saturday. I'm sure God will protect me. This huge lion comes right up to him, to where his Shabbos layout was, and he stops and sits down. Rabbi looks at him and realizes that this is nothing short of a miracle, that he is going to protect him throughout the Shabbat. Sure enough, the rabbi felt relaxed as the lion was not interested in anything but protecting him. As soon as he finished the Shabbat, Saturday night nightfall, he folded everything up, packed everything up, and he was about to begin walking when the lion walked close to him and bent down so that the rabbi could sit on the lion as if the lion is going to give him a ride. And the Talmud tells us how the lion got up and he raced towards where the caravan was. When he gets to the caravan, they all see this lion carrying the rabbi, a sight to be seen. The lion bends down, the rabbi gets off, and the lion takes off. And the caravan, he sees pandemonium, panic, what's going on? Oh, he says, Rabbi, we're so sorry, we should have listened to you. We should have held up our commitment to you, because after we dropped you off, we were attacked by wild animals, and we're so disarray. Rabbi Ariya looked up to God and said, I observed the Shabbat. I guarded the Shabbat. But now I see how the Shabbat truly guarded me. And he adopted the name Ariel, the Lion of God. This beautiful story that has been written in the Talmud, my dear father, blessed memory, who is a master storyteller, has told the story over on one of his vinyl records in the 70s with the point of helping us understand how observing the Shabbat is a gift that keeps on giving. That indeed, God will protect us, not only on Shabbat, for the week to come. So I certainly hope I've been able to whet your appetite to consider observing Shabbat and start with baby steps. Start with just lighting candles. Start with gathering your family together and not using your phones for the duration of the meal. And start with baby steps and then eventually you'll see how one good deed leads to another deed. When you observe Shabbat, you will be gifted and rewarded from heaven by creating this vessel to receive God's blessings to you and your family 
to have a most successful week forever. I wish you Shabbat Shalom on your next Shabbat. And feel free to reach out to me and I can guide you and help you towards your Shabbat observance. God bless you. God loves you.